two. Yeah, yeah, 360. Yeah, I'm not like round and round and round we go. And where we stop, I'm like nobody knows. 360 degrees, 360 degrees. We give you what you want, we give you what you need. 360 degrees, 360 degrees. We tell the real truth, you know what I mean. And welcome to another episode of 360 Degrees. Today's star date, 2-20-2022. Man, on Tuesday, it's going to be 2-22-22. That's some shit, right? That's crazy. <laughs> Today, we have O, Merck. Yo. Merck and O. And <laughs> Sin will not be joining us today. She... Got on the grind earlier than usual. The grind never stops. All right. Oh, what you got? Hey, good morning, folks. So, I don't know if I've told you guys this before, but uh, I do work in tech. I'm not going to say who I work for. That doesn't matter. But I've been in tech technically since 2013. And I'm part of uh, a lot of Facebook groups, but one Facebook group in particular focuses on other Black women working in tech. And I shared this article um, recently about reports from uh, Alphabet, which is Google Google's parent company, and they're lowering compensation in the triangle and employees are petitioning. Uh, they actually plan to lower the salaries of Google engineers in Durham, the Durham Chapel Hill area, as well as Des Moines, Iowa, Houston, and Houston. Uh, Houston, I don't know what's going on in Des Moines, but certainly in Houston and Durham, as far as like diversity initiatives, uh, these are probably the places where the most black engineers are going to be affected uh maybe like probably when you measure against like all other cities that google has engineers in uh, the letter was obtained by wral TechWire. it says petitioners asked the company to reverse the pay ban cut reverse the equity cut and make any future salary and compensation decisions transparent and tied to publicly available data <laughs> Google employee confirmed the veracity of petition to WRAL. Washington Post also reported on the story. Post story notes that spokesperson for Google, Shannon Newberry, told the public pu told the publication employees working there have not seen a reduction in salary or in their existing equity grants. Well, not yet. That's kind of the point. It's coming. Anyway. A group of Google employees formed a union in January 2022. And then the union was announced in the New York Times. Workers in a triangle were moved into a category known as, quote unquote, discount, according to the letter. And though they were notified of the decision in late 2020, according to the letter, signers of the petition argued that there was no transparency into the data used in this decision. Huh. 
There's also other changes uh, stemming from, this comes as a direct quote, then in the summer of 2021, an equity reduction policy for this area was announced. When this new policy is implemented in January 2022, equity will be scaled based on the worker's office location. However, Google has decided to only implement this policy in select areas, the Triangle, Des Moines, and Houston. As a result, the equity of these workers in other offices will remain unchanged while equity in these three growing office locations will reduce to 25% less than the standard. That's a huge chunk, by the way, yeah. a huge chunk of equity loss. And mm, I'm going to come back to that. My, my, my thing is this before you continue, Odie. I used to work for a, a record store. Right, uh, many many moons ago, and back because just the fact that I said record store just dates me as an old person. Well, surprisingly, right. you'll be surprised though. Uh, I, I binge watched the episodes, the four available episodes of Bel Air yesterday, and Jazz works in a record store. <laughs> I keep forgetting that records are, are, are outlasting CDs now. They're like the most, I think we talked about in the, that on the show one day. It's like the most durable form of media right now like you know for music media is records like they keep making a comeback and now they're they're outselling cds now but you know um, but okay yeah but, but, but yes i'm sorry <laughs> oh no no that, that, that's cool i we'll talk about bel-air later but um <laughs> they had um i worked in new york and then i moved to maryland now because i was a uh uh, assistant manager, their company policy, they couldn't, they couldn't cut back my pay, but assistant managers in Maryland made less than they did in New York because they adjusted for New York's cost of living. But here's the thing about that. If you have a company like Google, it doesn't matter where they are. They're Google. Mm -hmm. So a cost of living adjustment should not even matter. It should just be, hey, we're Google. We make billions of dollars a year. We're just going to, uh, you know, we're just going to give you a, a payment. We talked about this on the pre-show. In 2018, Google made $136 billion in revenue. In 2021, they made $256 billion in revenue. So basically, where exactly, why are they making these cuts? Mm -hmm. You know? There is no reason for them to be making any cuts. One also, reason I suspect that they're making cuts is because their payment scale is probably impacting our economy. You know, uh, how apartments that I know uh, a year, two years ago might have been $840 are now easily going for 14, 15, 16. And that maybe mm -hmm. that impact on the economy is causing this. And then the housing, that's a whole nother matter, you know. I have friends that make six figures. Um, they can't afford to live in Raleigh anymore. Both of them are living on the outskirts. The two that I'm thinking of, they're living on the outskirts. The only reason I have another friend, I have another friend who basically lives in Southeast Raleigh. So her, her house probably didn't cost as much as, you know, um, as a, as a new build would in this year, but she also had another home. So it was like, uh, basically she moved, she had another home in Raleigh, an older home 
I'm sure she got some equity in that place and then moved out and moved to, you know, her, her new build home, but it's in Southeast Raleigh. So if you're a little bougie and you don't necessarily want to live in Southeast Raleigh, then, you know, you, you can, you could probably do something over here, but, um, new construction as I saw, but like, I saw it's like some townhomes that were going to be in the high two hundreds and they're like on rush street and growing up in, I grew up in this area and it's like rush street and it's not too far from my place now, but the, that those homes are going for like 200 and something thousand dollars in the high two hundreds for new townhome builds. That is wild to me. It is crazy wild. And we got the same thing in Durham. We're talking about something that easily would have been 150, three, four years ago, going for three and some change here in um, Durham. It's just like, whoa, whoa, this neighborhood, that price, ew, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, somebody made a point the other day about housing. And they were saying that houses are because they were talking about this fake hysteria about China's housing bubble but it's not really a housing bubble. They're just trying to build places for people to live. Now I understand like if you have a house and let's just say you want to put your kid through college. So you get like a low, uh, a low cost loan off your house, right. As collateral, right. That's understood. You know, that's how a lot of things get done. You know, if you're a working class, but there are like the fact that people use their houses as profit. So you buy a house for 150 grand and then sell it for 400,000. That's great for your generation. Like if you're generation X or, or a mm-hmm. baby boomer, but what about the millennials and Gen Z? How do you suppose to afford those $400,000 houses? Yep. And then, and then when you have these companies like Google who are, you know, cutting compensation and cutting, you know, it just makes it even worse because you figure if you work for if you're not not even just working for Google. I mean, you could work in the in their in their hot dog stand or their their Chipotle. If you're an engineer for Google, the last thing you should be worried about is a tax is a a, a, a cut because the engineers are the ones who are keeping this thing running. So it's it's kind of wild to me that google but i mean it's not really wild because i mean everybody's been doing it lately you know just raising prices cutting employee compensation and then just raking in the bucks and then being like oh uh inflation what are we supposed to do you know i don't think i don't know if google cited inflation in that article but that's what that's what a lot of these other companies are doing and it's and i will say this it's kind of sickening you know and again like I was surprised. So I kind of talked about uh, the forum in which I came across this information and discussed different ideas and opinions about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the group, I was very surprised to see how many women were on the side of Google in this. Um, and the generic sentiment was like, number one, it's always been done this way. Number two, if you're not in, um, if you're not in Silicon Valley, you shouldn't get Silicon valley pet well Mm. yeah but wow but (laughs) how does that affect you it literally does not you see what i'm saying so like it's it's like why should i go to silicon valley to get silicon valley pay and again if it's more expensive there and i want to live somewhere else and stack my bread and that's why equity is so important Mm. because when it comes to equity black people have been high 
been behind the eight ball for a long time. So we're literally just trying to catch up. So if I have the privilege of getting hired as a Google engineer in San Francisco or Silicon Valley or anywhere in California, and I'm getting my pay rate adjusted to reflect what it costs to live in that area. But then I have the privilege of saying, okay, I want to take this money and like live in Iowa for like two years and stack my bread or live in Durham and stack my bread because maybe I got family there, whatever the fuck. I'm going to just stack my bread there for two years and then I'm out. I'll come back to the area like that. That's to me is like how you close those those equity gaps. Um, and, you know, those. That's how you close those disparities. You give people an opportunity to catch up. But every time you do shit like this, you're setting people back. And you're doing it in your own name. It's like you you don't care about the people obviously. So right. I'm going to do what's best for me. And I see how people just be, you know, move it to other countries and move it to other states and shit. Um, because it's what's best for them. Yeah. I mean, my, uh, someone I used to know, they were, uh, they, they were a civics teacher. And they said that the whole thing with Henry Ford, you know, the myth was that Henry Ford paid more because he wanted people to be able to afford the cars that they make. This is back when they, you know, way, way back in the days when he first started making production cars. That wasn't really the case. Back then, like if you get a job now, right, you go to HR and you sign a contract. The contract states, this is how much we're going to pay you. Back then, they didn't have that. So basically, whoever just showed up that day, they got them, they got them in, into to work. So Henry Ford figured, hey, if I want to get the best people in here, I got to pay more than my competitors. And that's how he was getting the best people to come in and work at his factories on a regular basis because he paid them more. Money is the money is the motivator. So you are right, Odie, in the fact that if, if you're working at a job and they're starting to talk about, well, you know, we're starting to cut compensation, starting to cut, uh, you know, lower pay bands and all that other stuff, then, hey, you know what? Like you like they said, if we're not making Silicon Valley money, you know, if we're not in Silicon Valley, we should be making that money. Maybe I'll move to Silicon Valley. Maybe I'll move to another country. Maybe I'll go to Germany or Japan or a country where they appreciate my talents. Because you're an engineer, you know, being an engineer is not easy. And not it's only not that, and not only that, Silicon money or Silicon is not necessarily doing the job to a higher degree to net higher pay. If the job is the same, why can't the pay be the same across the board, no matter what geographical area you live in? Exactly. And and, and a company like Google can afford to do that because they're Google. They make tens of billions of dollars in revenue every year. So there's no reason for them to be like, well, if you live in Idaho, yeah, they're they're full of shit. As far as that goes. And then the people sipping for the agree with them about Idaho, but not, not Houston or Durham. Right. And then the people simping for them are just kind of, you know, I hate to be harsh on them, but they're kind of pathetic. Because they don't realize it's like those memes where they're where the people are simping for people and but they're putting on the clown makeup. Like that's basically they're they're just clowns. You know, and I'm being really harsh on them and, and I should apologize, yeah, but I watch it with the clown won't. makeup. You know I wear clown makeup. 
<laughs> That's my bad, sir. <laughs> so, but you know, I think you're right, Blue. We it do was at this work. moment that he knew he fucked up. <laughs> we probably do need me to do more stuff in the studio because there's always that awkward silence sometimes where it's like, are everybody waiting for each other to speak? Because we can't really see each other. But, uh, Odie, did you have anything else today? Uh oh. I know we didn't lose Odie. She's still here. A few moments later. All right. Well, yeah, that was a very interesting perspective. And I. Look, to, I look forward to finding more information about it and see what the impact is. Are we going to see a lot of our black engineers, our friends, our families who happen to be engineers for Google? Are we going to see them saying, say la vie and off I go to another land, another adventure outside of these areas? We need you these people in our communities. Oh, yeah, we, we yeah. can hear you now. We need people okay, in our communities. And we need that black presence of excellence. I hope that this doesn't cause a mass exodus. Especially a mass exodus of our skilled people. There you go. There you go. Maybe Google doesn't want to be here no more. That's what it's telling me. Saying, fuck you, Durham. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe they're not getting enough tax breaks. <laughs> oh, living here is hella expensive, man. I mean, I ain't gonna lie, man. I ain't gonna lie. It's hella expensive to stay out here. Yeah. Oh, did you have any other articles? Any other episode highlights? No, I, I didn't. Thanks so much for you guys' input because I thought I was bugging. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Merck, what you got? All right. You know, I one thing about... Uh, Quick question. Was that the... um? Was that the Pornhub intro? Um, oh, yeah, that's, so. that's, that's the transition sound. Is that Pornhub? Wow, okay. Is that Pornhub? That's what it sounded like. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even know. What is Pornhub? No, let me think. What is Pornhub, anyway? It's like a drum. That's, yeah, um, that's it. That's no, 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 no. That's Childish Gambino. Say light. Doom, doom. Mm, okay. Isn't that a safe when I sing at night? <laughs> right? Mm. Isn't that no, I hear porn, night? but okay. You know what? I just Googled the sound. You're right. Pardon <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> me. Mm-mm-mm. So I, I guess I'll go with the, with the picture that we got up here. Uh, I was I don't watch the Olympics. I'm not big on the Olympics, but there was something that happened in the Olympics recently that really kind of ticked me off, right? And I want you to understand that you know I'm not dumping on this kid, okay? Uh, Camilla uh, Valeva, if I'm pronouncing her last name right, she's a Russian figure skater. She's 15 years old. She was caught up in a, a doping scandal, right? So, and let me pull the article from CBS Sports because that has a little bit more details on what actually happened here. So according to CBS Sports, uh, 
after leading Russia to a win in figure skating in the figure skating team event, uh, Valeva tested positive for a banned heart medication. Now, here is a part that's important. The Russian anti-doping agency provisionally suspended a day after her test results became public. A day later, the organization's disciplinary anti-doping committee canceled the suspension. The Court of Arbitration of Sport, there's a lot of acronyms here, officially allowed uh, Valeva's continued participation in the Olympics on February 14th, a decision that made after fielding complaints from the International Olympic Committee, the World Doping, uh, the World Anti-Doping Agency, and the International Skating Union. So in other words, when she was found out that she was doping, right, the, the you know, the people who found out, they suspended her. They're like, you're like, you have an illegal substance in you, you're suspended. And then all these other agencies jumped on and that, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not be so hasty because money. So they allowed her to skate. Now, their, their stipulation was that if she were to get a medal, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't have the medal ceremony. But in her, um, uh, in the next events that she had, she, uh, she fell several times and ended up coming in fourth. So she didn't get, so she didn't have to be up on the platform. Now, here's the thing. The articles that are coming out here, and I'm looking at this whole, I'm looking at the Axios one in particular, because Axios just went, you know, super corporate, super quick. I used to actually subscribe to Axios at one point, but their article was how the system failed Russian figure skater, Camilla uh, Valeva. And I was just like, fuck y'all. Because there was another Olympic hopeful named uh, Shikari Richardson, who tested positive for marijuana before the Summer Olympics last year, and they would not allow her to compete. So she had, so she got like a, a thirty-day ban, which disqualified her for uh, being in the Olympics. And basically, she said it was a double standard, and she said the double standard was because she was a black woman. And basically, the Olympic Committee came back and was basically like, uh, no, it's not really the same thing because uh, it's two different things because, you know, you're American and she's Russian. There's different agencies and, you know, they caught yours really early. And the dude was just basically just, you know, shitting out of his mouth. Yeah, but also, too, like, how is it like we didn't need an example to come after the fact when we knew what was up with Michael Phelps. <laughs> Yeah. That was an example before Shakari. So, like, if anything, I feel like she's kind of sandwiched in the middle. Like, we have a before example where they did what the fuck they wanted to do because the guy was white. And we have an after example where they did what they wanted to do because the girl was white. Right. That's it. Now, if I remember correctly, Michael Phelps did get suspended. Don't quote me on that. But uh, don't I have to look up the Michael Phelps thing. I think he did serve some sort of suspension for it. Okay. But I, okay. But I think, but I think that might have been. I don't, but I don't know if that suspension prevented him from competing. No, it did not. So for her, it kept her from competing. Now here's the thing, and let me get my notes here, okay? Because I had to write this down. She had three different types of heart medications in her. 
right? Three different types. And they, they tried to say, well, her granddad takes one of those heart medications and then she drank from a glass that, that he had and now it's in her system. You know, Russian, like, I don't know why they have a KGB because Russians are horrible liars, terrible liars. You mean to tell me you drank from your granddad's glass and now you have a heart medication system in, in your system? Did he pour a, a, an entire... Like, did he pour it in his drink like Metamucil and swirl it around and then you drank it and that's why you have it in your system? Get the fuck out of here with that stupid ass horse shit. No, it's a double standard. Now, these three different. Now, here's the thing. Two of the heart medications that T had were not on the banned list. I'm not going to say that they were legal. They're not on the banned list. But one of them was. They said all three of these together, they increase endurance. They decrease fatigue and then they promote greater efficiency in oxygen use. And that's what all three of those together. So that I guess that third one was the catalyst for the other two. Which is why that one, I guess, is banned. So. Hey, they, hey, hey, wait, was her grandfather prescribed all three of those heart medications? No, just the one supposedly just the one that was uh, that's on the banned list. Interesting. And, and and the fact that the first committee did the right thing, hey, you have this in your system, you're banned. And it's not uncommon for, uh, for some of these agencies. I think tennis is one of the most, like, you know, when people accuse uh, Serena uh, of doping because of her physique. No, they are the most uh, tested people on the planet, you know, when it comes to sports, that is. And I remember, um, and, and they test before and after matches. I remember when those girls from, I guess, the African nations, when they was they had high testosterone, you know, and to mm -hmm. performing performing very very well. And they said, "Oh no, you can't run in certain events because your naturally occurring in your body testosterone was just too high to compete with these other people." Yeah, uh, these were, of course, you know. African, not African American, but you know, black people, you know. Then we yeah. got Shikari with the marijuana. I mean, marijuana is not even it's banned, but it's not, it doesn't enhance it kind of right. shit. If anything, it slows you down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you figure her mom had just passed away unexpectedly. Right, right, right. She don't be glad she didn't do cocaine or heroin, right? But the Basically. crazy thing is this this this, this, the Russian girl, I don't I don't know how to say her name, so I don't even, I'm not even going to mess it up. Plus, I'm not going to give her the dignity of saying it. They said it would hurt her to be do irreparable harm if she wasn't allowed to compete. Well, hold on, hold on, zoom all the way out. With Shikari not being able to compete, did that not do her irreparable harm? You know what? Yeah. She has not even been the same runner since. Yeah. I mean, I know one of the races that she had afterwards, she came in like dead last, I think. You know, and, and and the press basically had a field day with that, you know, but this but this girl, oh, my God, they they I mean, granted. And like I said, I'm not dumping on this little girl. She's 15 years old. Right. She basically her coaches tell her, you know, eat this, take this. And that's what she has to do. Plus, she's Russian. She might get executed. OK, I'm being a jackass. I take that back. But um, but basically uh, uh, someone that young. She's at the mercy of her coaches. So I'm not mad at her. I'm mad at, uh, I'm not even mad at the coaches. It's they're the Russians. All their dudes are doped up. No, I'm I'm mad at the press for 
coddling this girl and saying that the system failed her and Sakari Richardson, who's only 21, they were just like, all right, whatever, bitch, you do you. You know? That's that's but that's what that's why the um strong black woman trope is very damaging, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, because she's black, she'll get over it. She can endure pain. You know, they can endure pain much more than we can. They're not frail. They're not fragile. They'll get over it. That's what it is. And and just forgetting that they are human beings. That's something I've had to learn over the course of my life. You know, in in dealing with black women, is that you know. Uh, there was there was a line in a rap song, even men of steel rust, you know? So no matter how strong you are, you know, uh, you know, people love to use the analogy, like, you know, like, you know, you know, you get all that pressure put on you, you become a diamond. Yeah, maybe. Or you get all that pressure put on you and it will shatter your bones. One of those two will happen. Damn, son, where'd you find this? <laughs> so it's it's this whole thing about uh you know i mean black women just catch it really bad all the time like they just they just never catch a break and then when they speak up about it they're just like nah you're fine <laughs> they're just like whatever you know you'll be okay you're young you'll you'll run again you know so to me, that's the equivalent of I was watching um, uh, Dark Knight Returns and Batman broke someone's back and the cop was like, I think you broke his back. And Batman was like, he's young. He'll walk again. That's basically this whole thing with Shikari. You know, she was right to call out that double standard. And the fact that the Olympic Committee was just like, no, nah, it's not really the same. That's bullshit. And then the press, of course, for saying that the system failed her but was right to do what they did to Shakari Richardson. That's just pure and total. Horseshit. In essence, this decision actually probably did more harm than good to the Russian skater because she lost. And now how does she feel? They opted for me and they chose me and I failed. I let them down. Actually, when she went back to Russia, she got a standing ovation, supposedly, from, I guess, people at the airport or whatever. So, oh, and you know. You yeah, know, but before, it's, so. it's Russia. Like I said, they're all, they. I mean, they just, they just, there's all doping over there. No one cares. <laughs> there, I'm pretty sure their eighth grade kickball team is on steroids. So yeah, they're you know that's just their culture, I guess. They're all bunch. They're all a bunch of Ivan Dragos. <laughs> okay, I I'm hope they use an outside part. agency to really get down to the 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 juice it is because yo, even if you say that you took your grandparents' medicine, I mean. I have bottles of medicine that are that no, not really. I just got finished with the medication. Well, well, he, well, here's the thing. But before you continue, it's not that she took the medication. She said that she drank from the same glass as her granddad, and that's how it got in her system. Who does that at 15? Ew, that's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Which is even worse. I mean, if she took the meds by accident, that's more plausible than oh, I drank from his glass, and then that's how that medicine got in my system. That's not that's not how these that's not how it works. I'm not even a scientist. I can tell you that's not how it works. Hell no, it'd be such a, a nominal, you know, saying reference point, it wouldn't even calculate, I would assume, unless he's the kind that dissolves his medicine in his glass. But seeing like he would drink it right there. Why would he just like, yeah. oh, you go ahead, you could have some of my Coca-Cola? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how Russians talk, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But Odie, did you have anything to add before we move on? 
I do not. Um, but I guess I just say, I mean, are we really surprised? <laughs> not really, no. And I think I think I don't want to get to the point where we stop being surprised at these things, because every time it I mean, every time it happens, I think we fall into the trap of we're just like, wow, really? And then, you know, like like the previous article, we're just like, well, that's just the way it is. And that should not and it should not be that way. True. Very true. And like I said, they did the right thing at first and they, they suspended her and all these what three other committees came in. They're like, no, no, no. Let her skate. So it's not like they just totally gave her a pass. They came down on her, and then they had to reverse it. So, but you know, I I I just started getting on TikTok, and uh, I send you know little funny videos to my sister and my niece and stuff like that. And there's a lot of political stuff on there too. And then especially Black History Month, there's been a lot of people who are doing a lot of uh, Black History Month stuff, and. I found out about a book that came out in 1857, and the book is called The Impending Crisis of the South, right, and how to meet it. So, of course, 1857, this is before uh, slavery was abolished, before we had the Civil War and everything. So this guy wrote a book. Now, he's a white guy. It's important to the story. And also, he doesn't like black people. Never had a good thing to say about him, you know. So why would he write a book about the impending crisis in the South? He said the crisis in the South was slavery. He noticed that people in the North were advancing far ahead of people in the South as far as their, the quality of their schools, quality of their roads, um, industrialization, you know, all that stuff, just way quicker than people in the South. And he blamed slavery, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. From This is from Wikipedia, so I want you to bear with me. The book condemned slavery, but did not take what Helper considered to be the ineffectually sentimental or moralistic abolitionist approach, like in Uncle Tom's Cabin. Uh, Hinton explicitly, explicitly wrote, not with reference, except in a very slight degree, to its humanitarian and or religious aspects. Instead, Helper created an analysis that appealed to white's national, oh, I'm sorry, rational self-interest rather than any altruism toward blacks. Helper claimed that slavery hurt the Southern economy by preventing economic development and industrialization, and that it was the main reason why the South had progressed so much less than the North, according to results of the 1850 census and other verifiable factual measures. Uh, Helper tried to speak on behalf of the majority of Southern whites Poor or moderate of poor or moderate means, uh, the plain folk of the old South, who he claimed were oppressed by a small aristocracy of wealthy slave owners. Helper's tone was aggressive. Free soilers and abolitionists are the only true friends of the South. Slaveholders and slave breeders are downright enemies of their own section. Anti-slavery men are working for the Union and for the good of the whole world. Pro-slavery men are working for the disunion of the United of the, of the states and for the good of nothing except themselves. And we talked about this. I, we maybe even talked about it last week. If you watch movies like Django Unchained, like Calvin Candy's Sprawling Plantation, Big Daddy's Sprawling Plantation, that's one to two percent of the plantations in the South. Everybody else were, were barely scraping by. They may own a slave or two to help. They didn't, every place in the South didn't have 
40, 50 slaves and overseers and all that other stuff. But they tricked these people into working, you know, into fighting for them in the Civil War. You know what? If I watch like a really old uh, movie and an old person in that movie would call a doctor Sawbones, that's back when they and, and I, I was trying to find if this was actually true, if bullets back then were actually made of lead. Because, you know, like in old games, they say we'll fill you with lead. But basically, though, whatever those bullets were made of, if you get wounded by those bullets and those wounds can turn gangrenous, they have to cut your limbs off. Or the gangrene will spread and it will kill you. So they literally have to saw through your bones to cut those limbs off. So basically, they just pour a whole bunch of whiskey down your throat and then they just get the saw and just saw through your bones. I'd almost want to get shot with a, with a hollow point. <laughs> At least it'll, it'll be quick. End it. Instead of having to cut off my arm and leg because I got shot with a musket and then now they have to cut off my leg because it's infected. And But those were the plantation, the big plantation owners. They weren't on the front lines. They were still sitting on their porches drinking their mint and juleps. They tricked these people into going out and fighting for them. And they're not making a fraction of what they were making. Those slave owners were able to pass money across generations. There were still people in the South who were eating off that slave money. But the South is just sorely, sorely underdeveloped because of it. And figure it like this. Out of the top 10 welfare recipients... Talk about in modern times, in, in today, if you measure it by uh, per 100,000 people, right, it's an even split between blue states and red states. So the top state is uh, New Mexico, which is a blue state. 21,000 per 100,000 are on welfare, right? And then the bottom four states are Illinois, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, and Oregon, Right? But the states in the middle, two through six, are all southern states. West Virginia, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Oklahoma. All in the south. So the south is still feeling the effects of that underdevelopment into today. They don't have the public transportation, the infrastructure, any of that stuff that, and that any of these other people have. But... Here's the thing. It's not just, uh, and it's easy to look down on conservatives and say, oh, well, conservatives are easily fooled by this sort of thing. They're not the only ones, okay? Think about it like this. Think about uh, the, 2020, uh, the 2020 election. In the primary, not for president, just, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, because I know some people keep that voting close to their vest. In the primary, who did you vote for in the Democratic primary? for 2020. In the Democratic primary, I voted for Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. Only because Mercer told me to. <laughs> <laughs> I voted for Bernie too, you know. And when he was when he was winning, I was happy. And then all of a sudden they did that 180, right? When they got to South Carolina, you know, Obama got involved, the press got involved, Whoopi Goldberg, all of them got involved. Right. CNN, MSNBC, we're just telling people, you know, Chris Matthews actually said that if you if you were shredded on the side of the road, Bernie Sanders wouldn't help you. He'd just drive right by. 
You know why he had to say that? Because if he talked about Bernie Sanders' policies, people would be like, yeah, well, I want that. But here's the thing. All of these people on CNN and MSNBC are rich. So Poppy Harlow is rich. She makes about, I don't, I couldn't find a net worth for her, but she makes about 2 million bucks a year at CNN. Uh, Chuck Todd is, has a net worth of $12 million. Jake Tapper's worth $16 million. Joanne Reed is worth $6 million. Anderson Cooper is the son of Gloria Vanderbilt. I did find out something interesting about Anderson Cooper, though. He's worth $200 million, but he actually only inherited $1.5 million from... Yeah, his mom, his mom was very adamant that he built stuff on his own. Yeah. She built her fortune. She wanted him to do his... like. Yeah, I mean, uh, $1.5 million would be helpful, but... <laughs> but but it's not... But it wasn't like... It, it's definitely, like, not... He's not a trust fund baby. Yeah. I mean, $1.5 is something that you could retire on if you're just a 75-year-old man, you know, living in a retirement community. $1.5 is a lot. But if you're, like, you know, 25, that's not going to go very far, you know? So, yeah, he, he built up his own wealth. And he says that he uh, he has a son. He said he's going to do the same for his son, you know, because he said inheriting money is a curse. And uh, I think he's right about that. Look at all these failed sons like Donald Trump Jr. and Wyatt Coke and all these other larvae out there just taking up space, using up all the red blood cells. Just terrible people, you know. But here's the thing. All these people who can, and then here's the thing. I always talk about Bernie Sanders. I'll keep this brief. It's not that Bernie would have gotten more accomplished than Biden. Bernie would have fought a hell of a lot more than Biden. He would have been writing those executive orders. He would have been doing what he can to force policy. While Biden is just eating ice cream someplace and just, you know, filling his depends up. I don't know what the fuck he's doing out there. Well, he's, he's taking a nap. Taking a nap. Nap. You know, he, he's not doing much at all. And he has a nerve. Oh, yeah, well, let's give a, a State of the Union address next month. Hey, maybe you should accomplish something first and then give a State of the Union address. So you have something to brag about. Don't brag about the things that you're going to do because come November, all that's null and void because they're going to vote all these people out of office. And then you're going to be a lame duck president for two years until Donald Trump beats you again. No, not again, but, you know, until Donald Trump beats him in a rematch. Because right now, his approval rating is in the toilet. Now, and all the people who were harping up Joe Biden during the primaries, now, I'm, and I'm talking about the people on my Facebook friends list, dead silence. You don't hear anything from them. Not a peep. Because either A, they have exactly what they wanted, which was to get nothing done, or B, they realized they were suckers and they don't want to talk about it. But to but to think that people on the left or liberals are not prone to being taken advantage of by the elites, that's absolutely not true. Is this a lot less racism involved? But yeah, we get taken for suckers all the time by the elites. So people have to get out of their own self-righteous bubbles and look around and realize what's happening. Because all these people who are holding us back, like the, the Joe Manchin, the Christian cinemas of the world, they're already rich. We're not. They had they were talking about this on the news yesterday. Well, barely. Uh, 
the child tax credits ran out. So now millions of children have slid back into poverty. So what's worse, being in poverty all the time or being out of poverty for a little bit and then going back in? Because Joe Manchin said that, hey, you know what? Somebody told me that they found out that one of the people who were getting these tax credits were using it for drugs. So no one should get it. Because only working class people should be means tested. Everybody else could buy whatever they want with their money. No one gives no one gives two squares of piss about it. I forget what country it's in. Jeff Bezos has a mega yacht. And his yacht is so big that there's a bridge that it can't pass under. So now he's working to have the bridge removed. Not to get a smaller yacht. No, no, he, he bought a mega yacht so big it won't pass on the bridges. So his solution is get rid of the bridge, which is not making the people of that country very happy. So he's allowed to buy, to, to buy yachts that are bigger than some people's towns. But if a poor person buys cigarettes with their, with their money, with their tax credit money, well, you know what? They shouldn't have it. Fuck y'all. In the ass, no Vaseline. But one more thing before we go, I want to talk about Donald Trump, everybody's favorite president, according to Trump himself. <laughs> uh, you remember, uh, what was it, last year, the year before when they came out with Parler? It was supposed to be like the social media sensation. And they were just like, yeah, you know, we're going to uh, we're going to have our own Twitter. It's going to be conservatives and it's going to be awesome. Right. Put it and it's going to be bigger than Twitter. It wasn't. Parler boasts about 20 million total users, but only between 700,000 to a million of them are active today. Twitter back in 2009 had about 55, I'm sorry, 55 million monthly visits. But now has uh, in 2019, they were up to 319 monthly visits. In 2021, they are the 15th largest uh, social media network in the world. This is what, what competing with other countries, they're 15th. I think in the US, they're like either 9th or 10th. But they have 436 million active users. Now, the thing with Parler is that back in 2020, the president of Parler said that Parler is not turning a profit because their model was advertising based and because it's become the home of Nazis and uh, general racists and conspiracy nuts, nobody wants to advertise there. So they're petitioning to these uh like, like people like J.D. Vance and all these private equity firms to invest in them. So in January of this year, they secured uh, $20 million in funding. Now, why would you drop $20 million into something that's not profitable? That has, that has no hope of being profitable. Right? Maybe it's just all part of the scam. I've talked about this before, but there was a movie that came out in 1967 and was rebated in 2005 called The Producers with uh, Zero Mustel and Gene Wilder. It was the 67 version. And the long story Yeah, I was going to say the modern version, I think, was um, Sarah Jessica Parker's husband and... Yes, uh, Nathan Lane and Nathan Matthew Lane. Broderick. 
Matthew Broderick, yeah. And if I'm correct, Mel Brooks produced a new one as well, which I, which I thought was pretty cool because he did the old one. Okay. But long story short, they said, hey, you know, uh, Zero Mostel was a down-on-his-luck playwright, and then Gene Wilder was his accountant, and they came up with a scheme. They are like, hey, we're going to make a play, and we're going to just uh, get all these people to invest in it like blind investors not letting anybody else know who's investing in it we'll just take like five or six times the investments that we normally would for a play like this but we'll make this play so terrible that it'll fail and then we just keep all the money right here's the only problem and the, the play was called springtime for hitler <laughs> <laughs> but it was a musical about the holocaust but the problem was it became successful and they were like, huh, now we got to pay all these people their money. <laughs> and of course it ends with them going to prison. <laughs> so there was, there was also a movie that came out in the, was the late nineties called bamboozled. It ran along a similar line. Uh, Damon Wayans played a TV producer who was trying to get out of his contract. He had a contract he couldn't go to another company but he hated the company he worked for so he said i'm going to make the most offensive show possible and then they have to fire me so he made like a new minstrel show savion glover was in it and figuring okay well this is going to get me fired it became a cultural phenomenon <laughs> so the stuff that people like is weird but the reason why i bring up the producers is that they just figure hey Let's make this thing. Let's get all these people to invest in it. And then when it fails, we just say, ha, huh, sorry, you lost your investment. And then they just pocket the money. You know, Donald Trump is coming out with his own social media platform. And Donald Trump Jr. leaked it. It looks exactly like Twitter. Exactly like Twitter. I'm surprised. I'm pretty sure Twitter's lawyers are just waiting for day one of this thing for its official launch so they could just launch the lawsuit against them, you know? But the reason why I bring this up is because everything Donald Trump does is a grift. Everything he does is a scam or, or some sort of failure. There's nothing he does that isn't some of a way for him to just take money from poor people and give it to himself. But Donald Trump, unfortunately, is running into some problems. So this is from The Guardian. It's a little bit long, but I want you to bear with me here. Okay, let me get these ads out of my way. So Donald Trump and two of his children have been ordered by a New York judge to appear for a deposition within the next three weeks as part of the billowing investigation over alleged fraud and evaluation of assets belonging to his family business. The ruling by Judge Arthur... Uh, Engelron, if I'm pronouncing that right, to force Trump and his two eldest children, Don Jr. and Ivanka, to comply with subpoenas amounts to a sharp escalation of the legal perils that are rapidly tightening around the former president. The family has been striving to fend off demands for documents, information, and testimony from, New from the New York State Attorney General, Letitia James. She, she is investigating whether the Trump organization used fraudulent or misleading valuations of its assets to attract loans and reduce its tax burden. I've also talked about this before, but I'm from New York and they had a, a store called uh, Crazy Eddie. 
that was like uh that was like the Wiz or um I forgot the name of the other one. You know, like those electronic stores, right? Yeah. He got into a uh, a lot of legal trouble because he had he had two he had two sets of books. So he had one set of books that just showed, oh, we're making money hand over fist. If you want to get on in this, you should invest in us. Then he had another set of books with much lower numbers, like, hey, we're really taking an acid bath here. Maybe we could maybe we don't have to pay so much in taxes, you know, which of course is illegal. Um Following a two-hour hearing on Thursday, uh, Engeron delivered a blunt rebuttal to arguments put forward by Trump lawyers that the former president should not be subjected to questioning in the civil case because the information could be used against him in criminal proceedings that are running parallel. Okay, and I will talk about that uh, right now. Donald Trump is actually fighting a, um, a criminal case in Georgia for interfering in their elections. So this is from the Atlantic. Yesterday, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie William, uh, I'm sorry, Fannie Willis, sent a letter to uh, the Chief Judge of Fulton County Superior Court requesting to impanel a special grand jury for the purpose of investigating the facts and circumstances relating directly or indirectly to possible attempts to disrupt the lawful administration of the 2020 elections in the state of Georgia. The request was triggered by the reluctance of key witnesses, including Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, to cooperate without being subpoenaed to testify. The special purpose grand jury wouldn't have the power to bring indictments, but it may make recommendations concerning criminal prosecution as it shall see fit. So basically, he's fighting two of these things at the same time. January 6th, we're not worried about that because once the Democrats lose their shirts in the election, that committee is going to be scrapped. We don't have to worry about that. These are the ones that Trump needs to worry about. Now, if Trump loses that criminal, uh, you know, the case in New York, unless he goes to prison, he could still run. If he loses this case in Georgia for tampering with elections, there's a chance he may be barred from running for president again. Now, will these go through in time? I mean, these things take a long time to go through. But Donald Trump is sweating a little bit. You know, he was out there talking about that they're racist because those, you know, the one in Georgia and then Letitia James is both happen to be African-American women. So, of course, he brings up the race card. He says all these, you know, they all hate me, blah, 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 yakety smack. And, you know, they don't hate you in particular. They hate criminals. You're a criminal. Our president was a criminal. And now uh, I'm pretty sure he won't see a day in prison but I just love the fact that they're continuing to put the heat on him. They're still putting the screws to him. And basically, he definitely he definitely deserves it. And what makes it worse, and this goes directly back to Trump. Uh, now, they're still negotiating this. So this is not 100%. But Rudy Giuliani may cooperate with the January 6th commission. Because don't forget, I did say forget about January 6th commission. But then again, I have to remember, there's still eight months left before the election. Actually, nine months left because we're, we're still in February. So that's still plenty of time. If they get the right people to testify, like, oh, I don't know, Rudy Giuliani, that maybe they could wrap this up before uh, before October. 
because mm. the because if the January 6th commission does uh complete their investigation against Trump and they have enough to bring charges, that would definitely disqualify him. The Georgia thing may disqualify him. The January 6th thing would definitely disqualify him. And the Republicans would love that because they hate Trump. They would love to yeah. see him laying in the puddle of his own blood and piss, but they can't get rid of him because they would lose the support of his rabid fans, which there yeah. are a lot of. So they have to put up with him. Yeah, poor Lindsey Graham. And I say poor being sarcastically because fuck Lindsey Graham. That mint julep sipping asshole. One day he's like, you know, uh, Trump inside of the riot and all that other stuff. And the next minute he's like, Trump is the most consequential Republican out there. He's going back and forth because he wants to distance himself from Trump, but he can't because every time he does, you know, his, uh, his approval rating goes down. Now, granted, as far as I know, Lindsey Graham is not up for re-election for another, I don't know, four years, four or five years. So he's got time. But if Lindsey Graham is not a senator, what else is he going to do? I mean, there, there's no more plantations <laughs> for him to work on. I mean, he's basically, he's got, I mean, granted, I mean, I'm pretty sure he has a nice little nest egg from kissing the ass of all these corporations all these years. But I mean, who's going to hire Lindsey Graham? Lindsey Graham is a toad. It's a worm. No one's going to hire him. And I know we've been saying this for, what, five years? That Trump's going to go to prison? He's not going to go to prison. The best we could hope for is that these people succeed and then Trump is not able to run for president again. Because if, if you've seen Joe Biden's poll numbers lately, if Trump and Biden were to run today, Trump would curb stomp Joe Biden. If we're just going by the polling. So don't forget, Joe Biden pulled out a record number of people overall to come vote for him, but he really only won because of the Electoral College. He only won by 50,000 votes. Texas is going out of, I mean, I don't know why Texas is going out of their way to gerrymander everything. Texas is as red as they come. But other states like Pennsylvania and uh, Wisconsin, like their internal legislatures are working overtime to rig the system in Donald Trump's favor. So that at the next election, he'll take those states that he lost. Arizona, all those states. Georgia. So, uh, and considering Biden's popularity going down, letting the child tax credits expire, not doing anything about student loans, all that stuff. Uh, young people ain't coming out to vote for him again. So we'll just have to wait and see. But I love the fact that Trump is is squirming. I love the fact that he's feeling the heat. You know, I love the fact that he's uncomfortable. Because he definitely deserves that and so much more for being a, a grade A bag of shit his entire life. And especially the last four years. I don't know if I had a slide for this blue, but one more, one more really quick thing before we wrap up today. Um, is it today? Oh, is today the All-Star game? The NBA All-Star game? Is that today? It is. And I watched, um, I watched the free, was it the, no. I watched the celebrity game, a little bit of that on 
Friday. I didn't recognize any of those celebrities except for NTK <laughs> and <laughs> Tiffany Haddish. Um, I didn't know they had a celebrity game. That might be fun they to did. watch. Yeah, Friday is, Friday is a celebrity game. Saturday is a three-point contest, and Sunday is the game. Okay. Now, they changed the way they did the All-Star game over the last few years. Because I, I really They did. I asked, I asked Ron about that the other day because I was like, I feel like something's different. But yeah, um, yeah, so it's no more East and West. They pick a captain. But to mm-hmm. me, that still seems biased because it seems like LeBron James is probably always going to be the captain. But I mean, but, not much longer. I mean, LeBron's been in the league for 18 years. So, I mean, how many more years does he have left? You know? So well, uh, I, just, I actually just read something today that said he wants to retire when Bronny enters the league. So he he wants to pass the baton and play with his son is, for at least is, one year. Does he really? I mean, is Bronny really that good? I mean, he's Bronny, <laughs> so he's, <laughs> so I think regardless of whether or not he's that good, like he'll he has the path cleared to get there. Right. So. Well, in 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 the sport of basketball, nepotism can only take you but so far. Because if you ain't making the cut, you're gonna get cut. That's true. Yeah. But, That's um, true. But I think LeBron has this like thing in his mind about what that looks like. So I, f- I think I think he'll get in. So, but real quick, you know, uh, I watched the video of LeBron and Kevin Durant picking their team. So what happens is, you know, uh, LeBron because he's the number one vote getter, he gets the first pick, and then they just go back and forth. So out of the out of the twenty two people that uh, that are there that make the all-star team, uh, they go back and they pick. So they have to pick five starters and then they have to pick uh, the rest of our reserves, right? And some of these people, I, I mean, I'm not gonna say I've never heard of them, but a lot of first time all-stars like like Fred Vlen, I, I hate his name, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, I think, uh, who else is a first time all-star here? There's a few of them. LaMelo Ball. So I talked about Lamella Ball a few weeks back, you know. Uh, now I'm not discounting the kid, but only reason why he made the All Star team is because Durant is hurt and he's not. Gonna, and even though he's a captain, he's not going to play because he's hurt, right? So Lamelo got in, but Lamelo for a rookie is putting up fantastic numbers. He's 19 points per game, 7.5 assists per game, seven rebounds a game. So the kid is balling. So if he didn't get in, it wasn't just because, you know, he's not that good. It's just that there's so many people putting up awesome numbers this year, you know, so not not taking anything away from LaMelo. And then the only thing I want to talk about as far as the All-Star game, right, is the video of uh, basically, well, first things first, I mean, Kevin Durant made some dumb picks because, uh, LeBron James picked uh, Antetokounmpo, right? And then he picked Joel Embiid. And I'm like, wait a second. If he picked Antetokounmpo, why wouldn't you take Steph Curry? So then LeBron picked up Steph Curry. So now he's got Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, and... Oh, Jesus. I'm like, better hope those reserves come through for you. But uh, Kevin Durant and James Harden do not get along. Even though they played before in Oklahoma City for years, you know, eventually 
Harden left and went to Houston. He was on Houston for quite a while. And then he joined them on Brooklyn, right? To form a super team with him and Kyrie Irving. But they just did not get along. Harden can be a bit of a diva. Like he wants to play more uh, iso ball. And Durant wanted a free-flowing offense. And then they, they said that whenever the coach would drop a play for Durant, like Harden would visibly roll his eyes. He stopped going to team events with them off court. And eventually he bitched and whined his way onto Philadelphia. Now, James Harden is also hurt. And he will not be playing in the All-Star game. So, uh, and let me see if I could find out who replaced Jared Allen got in because um, he replaced James Harden. You know, so um, and Jared Allen, yeah, this is also his first All Star appearance, and he's been in the league for a while. He's he's like one of those slow climbers, like the guy who sits on your bench on NBA 2K whatever. And now he's actually, you know, he's coming into his own. Some people develop a little bit late, you know, but um, and he's putting up good numbers. You know, he's he's 16 points per game, 11 rebounds per game. They're going back and forth picking people. They're down to the last two people and it's Durant's pick right is James Harden and Rudy Gobert and yes Rudy Gobert is one of the best centers in the league but he already has uh you know he already has Joel Embiid right and I guess you need a backup but you figure okay oh and he also has Carl Anthony Towns so he has two of the best centers in the league already so you figure he would just come in and just pick James Harden because the A show he's the bigger man, and B, he's not to play with him. Neither one of them are playing because they're both hurt. Just a symbolic gesture to be the bigger man. Nope. He was like, Well, uh, I guess we need size. So I'm gonna pick Rudy Gobert. And LeBron James is laughing so hard. Like he's putting his clipboard up to his face to try and hide his laughter, but he just couldn't hide his laughter. Like, how how petty is that? To not pick James Harden when you don't have to play with him. Like, if he had to play with them, that's one thing. I'd have let that go. Because, you know, they left on bad terms. But you don't have to play with the dude. So you have an opportunity to be the bigger man. And he was just like, being the bigger man's overrated. <laughs> and LeBron just could not stop laughing. So I just thought that was pretty funny. I just wanted to end on something a little bit mm -hmm, fun. Mm -hmm. after, after ranting for the last 10 minutes or so. But I don't know if I'm gonna watch. I, I I haven't I haven't watched the All Star game in like years, so I'm not I'm not really interested in it. But I but I, I figured like this: if Durant and Harden were playing, I'd have watched it because that would have been that would have been a lot of fun to watch to watch the pettiness drip up and down the court. Odie, what are your final thoughts? Uh-oh. I, I think I caught Odie off guard. Because usually like the last okay. couple of weeks, the last couple of weeks you were ready. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. No, it said it said that it remember I kept saying it keeps dropping, like randomly dropping. So yeah. I'm working on that. Um oh, okay. what, what are we on? Final thoughts? Final thoughts. Yeah, no, you did catch me off guard. I caught that that part. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mm, 
it's President's Day tomorrow. Be glad you have the day off if you do. <laughs> I'm on call. I'm on call, but because I figured I don't want to be on call like Memorial Day or Fourth of July, so I'm like kind of putting in my holidays now, so they can leave me the hell alone later, kind of thing. Thinking ahead. Um, so I figured I'd be on call for President's Day, but um, yeah. If you got a three day weekend, enjoy it. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I stopped celebrating President's Day after Obama. <laughs> when Trump is president, it just wasn't worth it anymore. Which, by the way, shout out to I think it's going to be Showtime that's premiering the First Lady series. Um, it's Viola Davis will be playing Michelle Obama. I did not know it was going to be. I, I saw the trailer for that. I didn't know it was going to be a series. Though. I did not know that either until I saw it, and I was like, "This looks dope as fuck. I love it." Probably different, and they could keep it going like for a while. I don't know if they're going to do like one episode per first lady um, and what what first lady they're going to be starting with but I'm not mad at it. I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it, especially like seeing how it progresses. That was like one of the things on Bel Air um, that they focused on it was kind of like being like letting your husband take the lead, take the spotlight Um yeah, that's not going to work in my household, but I can I can see like the progression of the first lady being told this is what you're here for, this is all you're expected to do. Um and then as it progressed to no, I want to pick my staff, these are going to be my causes, this is what I want to do. Um and being more assertive. So, I I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And especially if Viola Davis is playing it. Because you know she's awesome. Yeah, she's she's a great actress. Mister Blue, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are: be thankful for the little things. Be thankful for anything. Find gratitude in whatever you have around you. Oftentimes, we look at the daunting aspects of this world and it's easy to do because so much bullshit be going on right but i think that we need to have more gratitude as a people more gratitude regarding you know if you don't like your job be grateful that you have a job if you don't like the relationship you're in be grateful that you have another day to get out of that one and find a a new relationship if you don't like the food you're eating be thankful that you can go to harris teeter and buy other food If you don't like your weight, be thankful that you have the ability to go to a gym or a fitness center to work on that or walk around your neighborhood. I just think that we need to look and focus more on gratitude. And that is the word of today. And when I say this, I'm not speaking to nobody. I'm really just saying it to hear myself say it for myself because I need to focus more on gratitude. I definitely hear that. Mr. Blue, play us off, sir. All right. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown podcast featuring hit shows such as 360 Degrees and Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. The Urban Breakdown podcast network is available wherever you push play to listen to your favorite podcast. Be well, be great.